At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Screw it. No music. And welcome back, everybody, <laughs> to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. Uh, this week, we'll be previewing the 2017 Dell Technology Championship. As always, I'm joined by Jesse and Bucks. You can find them on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods and at BP Snow 11. Jesse, Bucks, how are we doing? How are you? I am just doing great. I just totally didn't understand what you said and screwed the whole start of this up. So it's, it's going to be a good one tonight. I can feel it. That's awesome. Oh, Bucks, how are you doing? Um, doing great. Uh, no complaints at all. So ready to get at it. Sweet, sweet. Let Before we get into the DFS stuff, uh, let's recap what took place this weekend, especially what took place yesterday. The Northern Trust Open, that was outstanding. And it was the first round of the playoffs. You got the top two guys, DJ and Spieth, going at it. Went to a playoff hole where DJ decides to just hit one of the craziest drives ever, which was amazing, and then put it within three feet. It was It's everything us hackers talk about doing, and he just did it. So uh, we'll start with you, Jesse. What was your thoughts on uh, the tournament? Yeah, it was a it was a great tournament um, overall, especially once it got down to the you know to Sunday and you know DJ and Spieth had a pretty good lead going into Sunday. Um, I really thought it was Jordan's tournament, and he just he just didn't make enough birdies to to stay ahead of DJ. And then of course that you know that last that last hole that they played is was just was just insane. What what Dustin Johnson did it's hard to put into words. Yeah. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I mean, it, it was everything that we expected it to be. I mean, we thought that it was going to be really um, a star set of leaderboard, and it was. So, I mean, that, that drive that DJ hit on um, 18 in the playoff was just murdered. Um, and I know that he was – a couple tour pros said, complained about it in the course, not – not being fair and this and that, but I mean, I know we were talking about it earlier, but DJ during regulation was hitting three from where his drive was in the playoff. And so there's several different ways you could have played that, that hole, but yeah, I mean, he hit that, that shot in uh, the playoff. That was amazing. That drive, but I think the second shot was even better in that, in that situation. So really, really, uh, Good tournament all around, and he was super due. So um, I'm glad that he won. Um, but, yeah, it was just fireworks everywhere. I mean, Spieth had to make a 20-footer on 17 just to stay alive. And then DJ had to make a putt on 18 just to stay alive. So it was everything you could ask for. Well, you know, he, he hit that drive on 18 the first time before the playoff, and it was a big slice, and that's what got him over yeah. the rough and back out. I think he was just pissed and was like, I'm going to show them all right here. I mean, that was <laughs> that drive. It carried 310. Yeah. Just let that Maybe. sink into the average golfer out there. It carried 310. 
It was up there in no man's land. I mean, nobody had hit it up there all week, and then he does that in a playoff. So it's like, if you want to talk apex height and all that good stuff, it was crazy. Right. One fifty-seven. One fifty-seven. Apex height. <laughs> apex. That's a that's a that's, that's a good point out right there. That's that's good and solid analysis, Bo. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to keep everybody on their toes. What, what everyone's missing out on, I'm here to point out. Uh, real quick, we'll update the FedEx Cup as the field trimmed from 125 to 100 for this week. DJ Spieth up top. You got Thomas, Matsuyama, Rom, Fowler, Kafka, and then you got Berger, Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman, and Johnny Vegas. So it gets real interesting after like the top six or seven, and it'll keep changing up. But the one that shocks me when I was sitting out watching him, they showed him Johnny Vegas is 10th. Is that real? <laughs> where the hell did that come from? We know he plays yeah. great, but. It's just, wow. Yeah, I mean, he gets really, really hot. So after that RBC win, he's just been on fire, which has been great. But, yeah, he, he moved up from 29th to 10th. Jason Day jumped up from 49th to 29th, which is huge. Trying oh, to You should retire. You should retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 29th gets him into the top 30, which is the, the whole goal, and then – the biggest move of the week um, was Watson. Went from 129th to 72nd. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on because he does have to have a decent week to jump up into the top 70. Bucks, why don't you recap us uh, with a little bit of how the crew did last week? Yeah, I think it was a good week overall. I mean, uh, from my perspective, and I recapped this a little bit on Twitter earlier, but I had – I only had two lineups all week, both in pretty heavy GPPs. And I picked, and I don't typically do this, but over those two lineups, I only had seven guys. So I had five guys same the same on each lineup and then alternated the, the second or that last spot. Um, I had six of seven guys to make the cut. I had five of those seven come in the top 25. And what's interesting, so I had a five for six and a six for six across my two lineups. What's interesting to me is that the six for six I had had five guys in the top 20, three in the top 10, um, and then Berger fell, fell off the last uh, 18. But, I mean, five guys in the top 23 in the top 10, typically you're like in contention for a GPP win. Um, obviously it's harder if you don't have the winner, which I did not, but I mean, when you have a, a loaded, uh, group like that, typically you're going to cash pretty heavy. Um, and I pretty much not min cash, but it was pretty close to min cash for six for six. Um, so overall I thought the picks were really strong, but if you, uh, it was a true star and scrubs week. I mean, there, the leaderboard was just top heavy. It was crazy. Um, but overall, I mean, a lot of the picks that we had last week um, hit. I know Jesse, Bubba, you guys were on DJ. Jesse, you said it as soon as we were, were talking about it and kind of trying to avoid the left side of the golf course that you love DJ this week, playing that buttercut. And he did all week. He is playing that buttercut, keeping himself in play. Um, he still missed quite a few fairways, but – and we'll talk about this a little later. I'll get into it. But he had – uh, what we would consider a good drive um, the majority of the time. So um, from a, from a DFS week, in my opinion, we, we had a pretty good week. How'd you guys do? How'd you do, Jesse? 
Yeah, um, it could have been a lot better for me. If I if I would have had Henrik instead of John Rahm in one of these lineups, it would have been a really, really – I mean, if I would have had John Rahm instead of Henrik, it would have been a really, really good week. But uh, a lot of my guys bogeyed the 18th or doubled – like, you know, Henrik doubled the 18th hole, and he went from inside the top 10 to 17th, which was trash. But my picks that I, I put out for thesportsdgens.com, um, you know, I had uh, Dustin, Rahm, Paul Casey, DJ – or Jason Day, Cantlay, and all inside the top 10. So – Overall, pretty good week. Uh, a couple of buggies on the last there ended up uh, probably costing me about three or four hundred dollars, but pretty good big. Make money finally. Yeah, yeah, it's good when your six of six is cash. It's always a good thing. Yeah. So um, I had one six of six, two five of sixes. It was uh, the Casey Kucher combo worked really, really well. Day made the cut, but it yeah. didn't uh, didn't do what we needed it to do. One would say. But uh, overall, not bad. The biggest thing that sucked was Love Mark just completely screwing the pooch on my, uh, the opening round. That was horrible. But uh, outside of that, it was pretty good overall. The picks came in pretty strong. Uh, Jesse, did you have the info on our guy, Justin Wahlberg? Oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. Uh, yeah, so guy tweets me um, on Saturday evening. Uh, asking about if the um, if if the screenshot jinx uh, is real, and um, I know a lot of guys may not believe in it, but I'm a big believer in the screenshot jinx. So I said, yes, please do not screenshot your lineup on Twitter. You can text it to your buddies, but don't screenshot it. He's like, okay, well I'm in contention here. So and um, so he ends up uh, finishing, I think, fourth or fifth out of almost 30,000 entries on FanDuel for for a nice little $2,000 payday. Um, It's at Wahlberg. Justin is his Twitter handle. So really excited for that guy. Um, You know, anytime you can pick up a W like that, it's pretty cool. And and he gave us a shout-out and and said that he listens to the uh, pod every week. So that's pretty cool as well. I like to hear that kind of stuff from from people. It's not too awful often you get to, you know, finish fourth out of 30,000. So really good hit. Congratulations to Justin. Yeah, man. Four four bucks and a two two grand can't beat it. That's a good little weekend. Good little weekend right there. Now let's uh, let's try to do it again. Let's move on to this week's FedEx Cup event, the Dell Technology Championship. As Jesse pointed out earlier, formerly the Deutsche Bank Championship. It's the second event on the FedEx Cup playoffs. We narrowed it down from one twenty five to the top one hundred players, and we still have a cut in the top seventy and ties this week. Starting next week, there will only be 70 at the BMW and then 30 at the Tour Championships, both no-cut events. So it's the last time we really can, you know, have a sweat for six of six this season. Jesse, why don't you go with the past event history? Yeah, another thing, too, I think only 96 players are going to play this week because there's been some WDs and that kind of thing. So it should be 100, but it's already down to 96. So we're still cutting to 70. Only 26 players are going to get cut. One way or the other, in the past, uh, last year, this, this event has always played at TPC Boston, which is which is huge, and Bucks will talk more about the golf course in just a minute. But um, it's been it's been played here for a while, so really, really cool to actually have some course history. One way or the other, last last year, Rory won at minus 15. Uh, the year before that, Ricky Fowler won at minus 15. The year before that, Chris Kirk won at minus 15. The year before that, Henrik Stinson won at minus 22. And the year before that, 
Uh, Rory won at minus 20. So a lot of scoring here um, and obviously some big names. I mean, you know, four out of the last five winners um, are, you know, guys inside the top 10 in the world. And then obviously Rory has one here twice, which will be interesting going into this week. What do you got for the course preview, Bucks? Yeah, I mean, it's a familiar course. They play it every year. I think the uh, – I think Jesse covered it. But the average uh, score is 17.7 under. So, there's going to be a ton of scoring. It's a par 71, 7,300 yards. Um, really great layout, in my opinion. Just a wide variety of holes. Um, so, it's not like – one set group of holes is what's going to determine the winner. So they have three really scorable par fives. All should be reachable for some of the longer hitters. Um, they have a few risk reward short par fours, which is great. Um, and then they have six of the 11 par fours kind of fall into that 450 to 500 yard par four category. Um, not only that, but I really, really like um, the finishing holes here. 16 through 18 uh, provide some real scoring opportunities uh, in a wide variety of holes. So you got par three, par four, par five. Um, but part the, the last hole is a 530, 550-yard par five. So it's reachable. Um, a couple of years ago, it was by far the easiest hole. On the course, they revamped it a little bit and moved it the green i think they reduced by 30 percent so it is a little tougher um and they brought some of the um marshland into play but overall i mean any par five under honestly 600 yards these days these guys can get at it so expect to see guys like dj um even xander shoffley some of the longer players on tour jason day roy mapperoy they can definitely get to a mid to long iron into 18. So um, I think if anybody's within two shots of the lead heading into the final three, they have a legitimate chance to catch up. Nice. Do we have any weather to worry about this week? No, weather looks great. There's a um, slight chance of rain on Sunday, but there, and again, this is a, a different week playing on a holiday weekend. So they're playing Friday through Monday. Um, but Monday for the Monday finish, it's 82 and sunny. So nothing really to worry about. I mean, we'll keep an eye on it. Again, it's, it's Monday right now. We have four and a half days until they tee off. Um, so we'll keep an eye on it. But as of right now, everything looks amazing. I mean, there's a chance that that hurricane tropical storm or whatever, too, could be moving through at some point. Um, I know it's supposed to be coming through my area, which is Kentucky, uh, in the weekend. So it usually gets on up the coast. But. Like you said, we'll see. And by then, you've already made the cut or you've missed it. So, it's nothing you can do after that. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Jesse, why don't you kick us off with the key stats you're targeting for the weekend? Yeah, for me, it's real big. I think tee to green week, uh, strokes gain tee to green. Um, so, I'll be factoring a lot of driving distance, you know, driving accuracy, and then greens and regulation. Uh, and I think it's a great week to go back to birdie or better as well. High scoring. Um, obviously need the guys who can go out and make the birdies. Um, and I also think too, it's, it's not a bad idea to, you know, look at guys who make, don't make as many bogeys for obvious reasons. I mean, for me, it's pretty obvious, but we got bucks. Yeah. Everything you just mentioned, the, the few things I would add. Um, and I do think that bogey avoidance is big because 
at a course like this where the winner is going to be 17, 18 under, especially if the conditions get soft, you really have to minimize the number of bogeys you have to have a chance because a, a, a guy is only going to make so many birdies around, even if they are going low. Um, so bogey avoidance is, is a key stat this week. Some of the big ones for me, though, obviously tee to green, uh, strokes gained. Um, also, though, this week I'm big into what we would consider a good drive. And so the difference between driving accuracy and good drive percentage is that good drive percentage takes into account if you hit the fairway. But if you do miss the fairway, if you hit the green, it counts that as a good drive. And so I think that's a huge stat this week to give people opportunities to make those putts. And then one little uh, note is that out of the last, I think it's six winners. It might be five winners, but either way, out of the last five or six winners, every single winner has been in the top 25 in scoring average and top 25 in all-around ranking. So those are two key areas that I'm going to be looking at just to double-check kind of the stat model. So it sounds like it could be another chalky event is what you're saying? Yeah, for sure. If you look at the top 25 in scoring and that all around, there are some names that are surprising, but for the most part it is stud city. Which for viewing pleasure, I do not mind. DraftKings is a different story. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at the tee to green, the birdie or better, and the par five or the three I was looking at as well. So we're pretty much all on the same page. Let's get to the important part. Let's get into the DraftKings picks, basically. you got five guys over 10K, Spieth, DJ, Rom, Justin Thomas, and Matsuyama. Jesse, where are you going in the top tier? Yeah, I mean, once again, I mean, we're back, we're back to uh, some pretty weird pricing here on DraftKings. I think it's kind of necessary, though. It was only 100-man field or whatever, so – one way or the other, it's annoying. But, um, I mean, for me, it's like Spieth. Uh, I, I think Spieth is the play over DJ. Um, I, don't like jo I don't like John Rahm's price increase. Um, I'm not a JT guy. You guys know this. And then I do think that it is a good week to go back to Hideki Matsuyama. One reason being is a lot of people are going to be off of him after that miscut last week. Um, and so they're going to be seeing that miscut, and, and they're going to fade. Well, he's he's priced probably where he actually should be, um, and so it makes more sense. He also has pretty decent course history here with the 15th, the 25th, and a 57th the last three years here. So um, it's kind of lining up there, and he's playing very good golf. Just had a bad week last week, so I'll let him off the hook and probably go back this week, especially because I think ownership will be down. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I, I love Speed this week. He – he always seems – and you can make a case for every single one of these guys in the 10K or above range, um, but Spieth plays really well in uh, – well, he plays well overall, but he plays really hot in waves. And I think he is um, playing really well, and he leads out of the 100 golfers. He's first in, I think, four of my six stack categories. So for me, he's he's my play um, this week, and I hate I hate playing um, super pricey guys because I think it limits you in having a balanced lineup. But um, when a guy like that 
stands out as much as he does kind of not only is he playing well, but from a stat category, um, I'm going to be playing him. DJ Spieth and Matsuyama though, are all in the top five in my stat model. Um, and all again, you can make a case for. So those are the three that I would be targeting. Um, but Spieth is going to be the guy in this range that I play this week. Well, apparently we're all going to like Jordan Spieth because that was the guy I had circled up top as well. He's The way he's putting right now is just outstanding. And like you said, you look at the stats, sixth and tee to green, second in approach, second and birdie, birdie or better basically, and sixth and par fives he is locked in right now. Yeah. And there's it, just not a lot to hate about Jordan Spieth. I know he can go off the rails at time, and we know some people that really don't like him, looking at you, Mike. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> he's playing so darn well right now. It's hard not to. I'm like you, Bucks. I hate paying top price, but there is a lot of guys in the sevens and even a handful of $6,900 guys that I have no problem using. So a stars and scrub approach could work there. I'm not saying every lineup. Yeah. I do like speed a lot. And the other guy I like a lot, and I'm with Jesse, I love contrarian plays. So that's why I love Matsuyama. I flock to his name immediately. Tired of pickup he was a top 15 in four straight events you mentioned his last three rounds here jesse he's fourth in t uh t to green he's third in birdie percentage and number one in par fives right now so he is playing really good golf like you said jesse he had a bad week it happens that's the game of golf right. so i have no i have no problem going back to him at all so those will be my two guys up top but i don't think you need to go there Another thing about last week, too, is Hideki, you know, it was more of a putter's type of golf course, and we know that Hideki traditionally struggles with the putter. That's why Spieth, you know, was was up top, and DJ just hit the ball way too close, so it doesn't really matter. Now, my question is, what do you, who do you think of these guys above 10 is going to be the most highly owned? I mean, I'll say Dustin Johnson, and that's one reason why I don't want to play him again. I would think DJ. Um, it's going to be DJ or Ram. One of those two. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really tough to gauge, but I'm almost thinking Spieth just because DJ won last week. And for especially if you're playing in some higher dollar, high dollar events, um, most guys don't like taking the, the previous week's winner. Right. Um, True. Just a smaller percentage of them. I mean, I, I think all of them. Well, I think Spieth and Johnson should be 20-plus percent, Matsuyama as well. I think the one guy in this range that I could see being lower owned just because of all of these people um, is Justin Thomas. Yeah, I agree with that um, as far as JT goes. Um, but I, I do think that – and it just depends on how highly touted they are. But I think Hideki could be, could be you know – He's probably not going to be as less. As, as, he's probably going to be more than Justin Thomas, but he, he'll be. I think he'll be less than the other three. Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't two thousand dollars less than Spieth, I would you, generally agree with you wholeheartedly. But with, at, if you can get Spieth at twelve or Matsuyama at ten and use that money elsewhere to create a balanced lineup, I feel like more people will go that route. Yeah, could be. Yep. Very true. Well, let's find out where they can go. We'll start the 9K range. You got McElroy, Fowler, Day, and Usti. Personally, I am not in love with this region at all. Uh, Bucks, what do you have here? Um, 
Now we, uh, we we literally say this every week, but I mean, you have four <laughs> guys, four guys in the nine K range. It's just it's ridiculous. So it's ridiculous. I mean, but with that being said, I mean, the only guy I think Jason Day's starting to turn around. Rory McIlroy still worries me. Injury-wise, I'm not saying he's injured right now, but I know he tweaked something a couple weeks ago. Um, Ustazen, I mean, of all four of these guys, he's the last guy I would pick probably. Um, so that leaves me one guy, Ricky Fowler. and He, he falls in the top ten in, in my model. Um, but with that being said, um, I, I still – I mean, at $9,700, and we'll get to this a little later, but – and 97, I mean, if you got if you're touching one of the top guys there in the, in the 10k range, it's really tough to grab anybody in the 9k range um, mm-hmm. and still make. I mean, you can go stars and scrubs and definitely do that, but to have any sort of balance, it's hard to grab one of those guys. If I were to play one though, it would be Ricky Fowler. I think he is um, in the top five in birdies, top five DK points, and then he is in the top ten of par four scoring 450 to 500 yards for me. So he, he definitely stands out a little bit, but again, I hate this range. What about you, Jesse? Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot to like here besides I, I do think day, if you start your lineup, I think with day and you want to be in a big, in a big GPP, you want to be, make sure you're different, start your lineup with Jason day and just work your way down. Um, some other, you know, another guy that I will play because I did play him last week after I got to thinking about it and kind of looking around and, and also looking at the tags on Fanshare is Louis Oosthuizen. Um, He played really pretty decently well, and he always shows up in these big events with guys who, um, you know, with with big with other big names. Um, he, he finished. Let's see what he finished last week. He finished tenth, so he got a top ten. That's after a second PGA Championship. Um, the only kind of drawback to Louis is he plays usually plays better on tougher golf courses than he does on these kind of quote unquote easier golf courses. The other thing about Louis is, and I was thinking about this, do what? I was going to say he he does not make when you look at the top twenty five guys um, here, yeah. he is by far the worst birdie or better percentage guy. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that, and that's the other thing is he, he doesn't show up on stat models, so I don't think he'll be highly touted again. So he'll be lower owned. I mean, he, I got him at ten or six percent last week, so you know it's it's hard to to beat that with a guy who finishes top ten. Uh, but other than that, you know, I'll probably I might have a little bit of Ricky. I don't know what happened to him this past weekend, but he was straight up trash. And the other thing about Ricky too, I mean, yeah, he has a win here in 2015, but his other finishes are just kind of blah. Um, so he doesn't really excite me. I mean, Jason Day and Louie are probably about the only two I'll go to. What do you got, Bubba? Yeah, the only two I'll go to is Fowler and Day. Day more than Fowler. I, I expressed my love for Day last week, and it hasn't changed. And when you've, you know, he's, he's topped, yeah, laugh it up. He's top 15 in his last four events at, at the Dell. Um, and he's top six last week and top nine the week before, tied nine. He's playing really, really good golf. He's just not lighting the world on fire. Ricky Fowler, I do love the way he's playing, but I agree. The weekend pissed me off. He was coming in hot yeah. into Saturday and then just blew up. Both rounds he started out bad, and then he kind of tried to right, but it's too late. 
but Fowler Day would be the two I go to. Day's the only one I touch. I see your angle with Usti. Maybe I'll change my mind if fan chairs dictates it, but he scares the snot out of me. Uh, but I, I see your angle there. I really do. So it doesn't bother me at all. Let's take a look at the 8K range where things get nice. And you mentioned starting your lineup with Day. I made a lineup earlier today starting in this range with your favorite guy. And I like it a lot. So I'm not going to name them all off. But, Jesse, where are you starting the 8Ks? Yeah, I, I wasn't laughing at you, by the way, because your love for Day. Um, I love Day, too. But I was just laughing at it because your little Twitter interaction you had last week with oh, a certain yeah. guy. A guy that finished six should retire. It's just hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> Two under and three under on the weekend. Anyways, um, so, yeah, obviously, Paul, uh, I mean, do I really have to talk about him? He is number one. We know you that all this. That's a guaranteed W. That's a guaranteed <laughs> W. Number one. <laughs> The stat model. Guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> that's the farm. All right. Pod's over. Pick I, I, I like what you're talking about, though, Bubba, with starting in this range and just keeping it more balanced. Um, I think you can you can get some of these guys maybe a little bit lesser percentage. I think Kusher will be popular again. I mean, he had another really, really nice showing last week. It's amazing how he just comes out of nowhere with that 64 on – um, on Friday, and then he, he didn't play very well on Sunday, but he'll finish 10th, um, and that's after a ninth of the PGA Championship, so two straight top 10s, and, you know, just a bunch of made cuts in a row, a bunch of top 10s this year. I mean, he's just – he's Mr. Solid, and $8,800, you know, if you can get a top 10 out of a guy, you're, you're sitting in pretty good shape. I think another interesting guy in this range um, is Charlie Hoffman. Now, he tends to – kind of do better at more birdie fest type of golf courses where the scoring gets low and he can just, you know, tee it high and let it fly kind of and, and, and not have to worry about so much uh, making bogeys and just concentrate on making birdies, if that makes sense. But one way or the other, um, I think he's interesting. And I also think, you know, a guy that might go under the radar this week, which would be surprising, and this is a really good price on him, is Sergio Garcia. Um, I know he hasn't played uh, since the PGA Championship where he missed the cut. So it could be interesting to see if he could go under the radar um, and see what he looks like when he comes back here. Not bad. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, this is like – this is the start of a, a real sweet spot this week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this week, more than any other week so far that I've seen, is definitely susceptible to a, a certain game theory winning, right? You can definitely make a stars and scrubs type lineup and still have a really good bottom core players. But I think so many people after last week, especially going to gravitate towards the speed, the DJs, the Masayamas, um, those type of guys that, Starting, like you said, Jesse, at Casey and working your way down um, could definitely be not only a solid separator, but, I mean, the 7 to 8K range is just loaded. I mean, you mentioned Casey. You mentioned Hoffman. I love Hoffman this week. He's kind of – he's one of the hottest guys on tour the last two months. 
and he makes a ton of birdies. He in in my stat model, which I do last twenty four rounds in every single category that I mentioned, he is no worse than fifteenth in any category. So he's fourth on my model this week, and so I love Hoffman. Um, but Kucher, obviously, the guy just top tens. He's like an auto top ten guy. It's ridiculous. Um, and then the a couple others I like, Reed I like, Kepka I like this week, and I think his price is just ridiculous. Um, the one guy that I that was surprising to me, but I love the way he's been playing, and I love what he's uh, getting with here in, here in my stats is Kevin Chapel. So he one has been playing great, but he is. Eighth in tee to green for me, fifteenth in par four scoring, four hundred fifty to five hundred yards, fifth in DK points, and tenth in birdies. Um, and I think he's one of those names that always gets overlooked. And I think if you started a lineup with like Casey and Chapel, or Casey Kucher Chapel, or any one of those guys that we mentioned, or Hoffman, Casey Chapel, um, you have a really really solid core, and you don't have to go dumpster diving down the bottom. Yeah. Um, not saying that anybody really in this event is a huge dumpster fire, but um, I think that gives you a really solid core without having to spend twelve grand for DJ or Spieth. I 100% agree. The one I started out with was Casey Kucher Hoffman. I'm very excited about that one, and I'll be on all three of them for all the reasons you guys just mentioned. But Kucher, I just can't quit. Cannot quit him. I know he's going to miss a cut one day, and I'll be angry, but. I really shouldn't I can't start him. I can't start him. Yeah. Well, that's where my next question was going to be because the Chappie, I looked at quite a bit. I like him for the contrarian angle of it because he has played great, really good golf. So he's on the list. But Rose, I feel, is going to be very chalky at 81. He kind of worries me, but he looked good this last weekend, and his, his stats look good for this course. Simpson's the other one. I Like, you can't start Kucher. I can't start Simpson. I love so, Simpson. I know. That's what I'm saying. I look at everything he's got going, and it looks perfect for this – great he, for this course. He's been too hot lately. I, I'm, that's what scares me. I'm waiting for that Simpson exactly, just freaking yeah. like fire. <laughs> uh, so bad. But, yeah, my main guys here will be Casey Kucher, Hoffman, and then I'm really leaning heavy towards Chapel, and that's probably it on that. But we got a bunch of golfers, a ton of golfers. And some that aren't even in that are sixes, but let's go through the sevens. Hey, uh, Jesse, start us off there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think there's about <clears throat> last count I stopped at a million five hundred thousand golfers. <laughs> um, so I mean, you know, DraftKings is going back to the whole let's basically let you make any lineup you you want, and kind of to piggyback off what. You were just talking about their bucks. Um, Stars and scrubs will be the most popular way to go this week because, you know, it, at the beginning of the year, if you remember in PGA Tour and on PGA DFS, Stars and scrubs was the way to go because DJ was hot, you know, Spieth was there, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, all these golfers started playing bad in the middle of the year um, and balance was the way to go. And then that got popular. Now we're back to Stars and scrubs again because all these guys are playing great now. Exactly. I would do both. Um, you know, I'm going to do both. I will have lineups both ways, but I do think it's a, a, a great way to go. So getting to what your original question was, which who do I like in this region? I don't know if it's 
just me. But DraftKings pissed me off with this Adam Scott price. I wish they would have put him in like ninety five hundred, so I could just say that's just that's stupid. I'm, there's no way I could ever possibly you know roster him. But it's seventy nine hundred dollars for Adam Scott. Um, it's I, I don't know what I don't know what to say. I mean, he's his course history is fourth, sixteenth, fifty third, seventh, eighth, fifth. It's a trap. Um, it's a trap. <laughs> I mean, I just seventy nine hundred though. How do you not play Adam Scott seventy nine hundred dollars? So that'll be yeah. interesting to see how he is. Like Bucks, like Bucks asked me with Reeve last week. What do you think his ownership is going to be? I would say percent plus. I got higher. Yeah, I got higher than twenty five. I, I hope so. I mean, I it, hope it's eighty percent. I hope it's eighty. If he's if his fan share, if he's top ten fan share. I will not play him. But if he's not, then I think he's a good play at $7,900. So, other than him, um, I'm going back to – I played some Duffner last week, and it really paid you know paid off. It, he finished 20th um, at 6700 which was not bad for last week, um, and, and shot 72 on Sunday, which was disappointing. But one way or the other, um, I like Duffner, especially on Ball Strikers Golf Course. Burger's price, another thing that pisses me off about this pricing, like – Burger should be in the eight thousands, in my opinion. Um, it's pretty ridiculous yeah. to have him down here. He has played here the last two years, forty first and twelfth. Um, of course, thirty third last last week, and he can, you know, he can make a bunch of birdies. Um, you know, other than that, it, going on down, I think this is where you kind of get more chalky because uh, I, you know, if you're going. I just I just tried this, and so I started out with Spieth, and then I went Paul Casey. I think that'll be a popular combination this week. I think P- Paul Casey will be thirty percent plus as well. But then it basically gets you down to seventy two hundred dollars, and then the first guy you see there is a guy who finished top ten last week in Patrick Cantlay. I love Patrick Cantlay, um, but he might be thirty percent on this week, and for that reason, I don't know if I can play him. Another guy, Tony Finau, right down here in this region, $7,100 for Tony Finau this week. Um, you know, coming off the – he didn't play very well on the weekend, or at least at least on Sunday. He shot 77 on Sunday last weekend uh, for a solid 54th finish there, 54th place. But, I mean, he's going to be chalky again. Um, I don't know that I'll have much of him, but he's, he's down here in this, rate, in this range. Um, and if Graham DeLay plays, I might play him just because I think he'll be – Next to not even owned. <laughs> you're just uh, you just uh I'm for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Bucks? Yeah, I mean this is a another I mean, again, we just mentioned it, but you could make rosters in this entire range and be a hundred percent fine. Um so in this range there are a bunch of guys I like. Like Jesse said, I think Adam Scott is incredibly mispriced. I think he is too good of a ball striker typically to be in this price. He is an atrocious putter. Um, mm-hmm. But with that, with that being said, t- with a course like this, uh, the greens running so pure, um, I, I, he obviously has a chance. I mean, and you're getting incredible value on a – a uh, guy that has been in the top 10 in the world. Um, but other guys that I do like in this range, um, I obviously love Fanal. He not only shows up uh, week, oh, week after week. I understand last week he 
tanked it pretty hard Sunday, but been playing really, really well. I'm hoping that final round suppresses some of his ownership. I'm not sure how much it will, though. Um, but he is really good in my stat model. Um, I think he is 10th or something in my stat model. Um, but uh, not only that, but I talked about it earlier. Guys that have won this event have finished in the top 25 in scoring and top 25 in the overall stat category, um, the all-around ranking. And Finau falls inside the top 25 in both of those. And so he's kind of one of those guys that uh, – incredibly mispriced but it's kind of like he's due right he's like another Hoffman he's been playing incredibly well he makes a ton of birdies um he is first in my model last 24 rounds on easy golf courses um in par five scoring and he's really good in the 450 to 500 yard par four range so Finau is one of my core guys this week um, but a couple others I like. Duffner I really like this week. Kokrak I like. He's a name that everybody overlooks, but he's been playing really well, hits the ball really far. Uh, Vegas, he's on fire, on fire. Um, and at his price, you could definitely uh, you could definitely solidify a lineup with, especially because he's, again, a guy I think gets overlooked a ton because he missed like six cuts in a row earlier in the year. Um, and then one guy that I, I do like Cantley, like you said, J- Jesse, but one guy that I, I – I don't, it almost pains me to say, say it because he burned me so bad last week, but I do like love Mark this week. Uh-huh. He may have been the worst putter that I've ever seen round one last week, like ever. <laughs> um, and just follow, just following shot tracker, like he had, I think like five straight holes where he like a thirty footer for birdie, and then had like a twelve footer for par, and it was just <laughs> his speed was so bad, um, and so I'll probably sprinkle him in, maybe one lineup, because um, I'm only playing three lineups this week, but I I do like where he falls in my stack category, and I think because of last week his ownership will be even lower than it was. Yeah, uh, I definitely have to see what you guys said about Scott. The price is too hard to just ignore, but the ownership could be just a killer. I'm looking at guys like Duffner again. The love mark angle, that's exactly what I was going with. I think he had a horrific week, like you said, horrible week. Coming into that, he was playing so well. And he actually, like you said, he had birdie putts. He wasn't just tanking it all the time from tee to green. It was on the green. So hopefully that's something he can fix. Who knows? But for 7,100, and then I'm all over Vegas at 7,000. I have a feeling he could be chalky, but then again with Finau at 71, I think it will take a lot away from him. I really like there. Yeah, I think Vegas, I think his ownership will be really low just because there's so many guys around him in the 7,100 to 6,900 range. Yeah, I like can't lay this like you guys. I can't quit Revy. I know you keep telling me to. I can't do it, and he keeps performing. So there's something about Chez that I, I can't do it. I like Revy. But I like him. And then two names that weren't mentioned yet. I think Kisner's underpriced at 77 the way he's playing right now. I know he finished 54th last week. It was mainly one blow-up round, if I remember correctly. He was playing pretty well early on. The other guy – 
I don't know how he's this cheap at all. And I know he, he finished T29 last week. Charles Schwartzel 75 or 7,500. That seems like a play to me in the middle of the 7K range that hopefully goes over. Look, I think I'll, I'll have some Schwartzel in my lineups for sure, but mainly Duffner, uh, Vegas, and then I'm going to look at Lovemark and Revy and can't leave based on ownership. But Schwartzel I like a lot as well. Well, Schwartzel was 6,900 last week, and he was still under 10%, I think. I think he just hasn't been playing that much, so people forget who the heck he is, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, that was super tilting when he raced out to the lead on Friday or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go below 7K where, again, there's a good chunk of golfers. I love a ton of them in the 6,900 range. I ain't go below 67, but I'm curious to see what you have to say, Bucks. Yeah, I really like this range as well. And this is the biggest reason why I think you can go star scrubs this week and still be really, really good. Um, Molinari, uh, Xander Schauffele, um, and there's a bunch of other guys down here, Leishman, that I really like. Molinari and Schauffele are my two core plays in this range. Both fall inside the top 15 in my stack category. Um, I'm not sure why either of them are priced this way, but I'm shocked that Molinari is 6900 bucks this week. It's, I'm not sure what their algorithm is, but I think something got messed up. Um, but there's a, uh, a couple other guys that I do like down here. Uh, Leishner, like I mentioned. Luke List is another one that I'm not playing him this week, but from a stat perspective, he looks okay this week. Um, in mine, which is last 24 rounds on a, a scores golf course, he's sixth in par four scoring and seventh in tee to green. That being said, he has not been performing great. Um, which is, again is a reason why I'm not playing him. The one guy that I do want to mention down here that is jumping out in my stat model, he's 15th overall in my rankings is Bryson DeChambeau. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, I don't even know what to say. It's just <laughs> it, it, interesting play down here. I mean, you could, when he gets hot, he gets really, really hot. I mean, he makes a ton of birdies when he gets hot. So this must be picking up his rounds like four weeks ago when he had three back-to-back tournament, back-to-back-to-back tournaments where he was on fire. But um, I think this is a tournament where he doesn't have to uh, – think too much he can hit it out there and try to hit greens that kind of thing so again he's 6800 bucks so for that price you're getting a high upside guy that'll be under six percent on so what do you got jesse yeah i'm actually not a, a huge fan of this range which is one reason why for me it's more difficult to go stars and scrubs but um i mean xander of course he had a really good tournament last week, uh, finished 17th, and I think he, I'm pretty sure he bogeyed the 18th hole, which I think was only like half of my golfers bogeyed the 18th hole just to lose me money. But the glass is half full. I'm not really salty about that, but at least he's below 7,000. I, I really don't understand how he's not more expensive um, the, as, as much good golf as he's been playing recently. <clears throat> As far as Franey goes, at 6,900, I will have zero of him, and I hope everybody gets back on that train again this week so he can three-putt uh, his 18th hole on, I guess it'll be Saturday this week, but in the second round to miss the cut again. 
And um, I mean, that's why he's $6,900. He doesn't like, he's not for me, like Francisco Molinari should be in this range in this field because he's not that good. I know a lot of people love him. Um, he did finish second at the PJ championship somehow, but other than that, I mean, he's got a second at the BMW championship this year. And other than that, he just hasn't done anything because his putter sucks. Um, so they can have all the putter tilt they want. I think Mark Leishman is interesting um, at this price. There's a pretty big price decrease from last week where he was $8,400 last week. Um, so I'll probably have some of him. He does have decent course history with a 46 last, last year. Um, he has a missed cut the year before, but has made the cut in most years that he's, ever, that he's played here. So I think he's interesting. I think Hudson Swafford is also – interesting last year um in a 43rd at the northern trust last week so he did make the cut and he tends to show up in spots where he can just kind of bomb it and maybe make some putts so i'll probably have a little bit of him and then uh i'll talk a little bit more well i'll just go ahead and mention it now jj spawn he's kind of popping on, on my model as far as the pricing goes um so he's probably the Lowest I would go down here. I don't even know that I'll go this low, but I mean, sixty-seven hundred. He's probably another guy. Yeah, Bubba. That Leishman pricing just stares me in the face. That it's not like it's not as bad as Adam Scott by any means, but the way he can play it, and he he's on my list. The Molinari, you just scared the crap out of me now because I was all in on him. Bucks got me pumped up. <laughs> he got me pumped. Here's but uh, hey, Bubba. So. Molinari is top 10 in scoring average and he's sixth in all around ranking. I know he gets to the green, like one of the best in the whole tour. It's just a matter of the putting. I agree. Oh yeah. The, putters. Put, the putting is. <laughs> you two, but, but so, so is Adam Scott. You two roster him this week and then just bitch in our little. I'll roster him against you in your head to head. I'll roster him against you. You know what? Right now. Yes. There you go. Um, I'm in, and then uh, Shoffley, you can't can't uh, that price tag is just wrong. We talked about him even before the pod. That stuck out like a sore thumb. A couple other guys I'm looking at. Stanley did play much better last week. Still not sure I'm ready to go to him, but when you're talking about green, like approach to the green and everything, he is very, very good. He's one of the best in on the tour. Tee to green, really, really good. His stat line is popping. He has had a really rough go of it of late. You look at guys like Ian Poulter. I know people hate Ian Poulter, but below 7K, you want to make cuts, he makes cuts, and he makes like top 25s most weeks. So – he is definitely on my agenda. Plus, he pissed a lot of people off this past week. So, that that works for me. He pisses people off every time he opens his mouth. But that's a whole other story. The last but not least, guys, I'm looking at when you go a little farther, you can look at guys like Harold Varner if you want to really sweat. But a guy I like, I don't understand his $6,700 price tag. As we were on him last week, I think he was in the sevens. Is Chad Campbell? Yeah, I love the way Campbell's playing. I know he finished T67 last week, but prior to that, for a price tag of 67, he's getting 42nd or better. He got a, a tie for 21st last year here, only a second time playing the course. His stats line up very well here for the most part. Mm -hmm. Just for a cut maker alone, Campbell at 67 is a really good play for me. 
Yeah. He shot he shot 78 on Sunday. That's the reason he finished 67. So he shot 70. Did you guys notice and I noticed this, I don't know if you were paying attention, but that the golf course actually got easier as the day went on, like most days. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. Here than morning. Was that wind or do you have any idea? No, I I don't. I mean, I, I was Yeah, typically it's the opposite of that, so I, I'm not sure. Um I would assume yeah. There. It was quite odd. Maybe it was because it dried out and the ball bounced another hundred yards down the fairway. Who knows? <laughs> that could be that. No. Uh, so weird. Let's talk pump plays. Bucks, what's your top one or two pump plays? Um, the the only two that if I were to play them, I would I think they're a solid punt option this week. DeChambeau, again, he'll be super low owned. And then a guy down in this range that I think has really high upside, uh, but again, would be a pump play is Kevin Na. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, um, JJ Spawn, if we're getting down there in that in that range, he's probably my guy. Another guy I think is kind of interesting, and you'll love this, uh, James Hahn. He did finish fifth here last year. So, Kevin Andrews. Hey, you play him, I'll play Molinari. No. You want to punt in $6,700 range, that's it. I myself may not even get below Xander. I may not even play that much as Xander because he's probably going to be chalky. I like Leishman. Yeah, I'm scared of that. Yeah, I'm looking at Leishman, obviously looking at Molinari. But um, my 6700 would be Campbell. I love that price tag for what he brings to the course. What is your top bust, Jesse? Now, I used to be a Molinari truther. So, like, I was the guy who rostered Molinari every week until I finally got sick and tired. Five feet for birdie, three feet for par. It's the wrong way to hop off of him, brother. Anyways, um, so uh, top bust. Uh, man, that's tough because it's – I mean, this, like, there's a good chance that there's zero bust this week that the chalk all gets through – and then it's just a race to the chalkboard to see who can write their name on it. <laughs> that, that really might be um, the way that it is. So, I mean, top top bust. I'll go. I'll go DJ. I don't think he wins, and you got to win to, to pay off that twelve thousand dollars price tag. So I'll go DJ. I like that. What about you, Bucks? Um, yeah, again, small field. They're all studs, um, but a guy that doesn't look great in my stat model so I'm not going to play him uh, is Kepka. so I, I he could come out and win the thing but I don't see it happening so I'm with you on that I agree yeah just for, just for meeting value wise I was looking at DJ because they say he's going to have to win for to sure do it you. and I don't see it happening I, when I when I was looking, trying to make my bust earlier I just kept scrolling and scrolling through prices I couldn't justify one really it's like just to not win until it went like seven K. Yeah. So it, I agree with the chalky feel. Uh, Bucks, what are your core players? Uh, Spieth, Casey and Hoffman are the three top core. And then once I get lower, I do have Molinari in one of my three lineups. So, <laughs> but Spieth, Spieth, Casey and Hoffman are my, my core this week. What about you, Jesse? Uh, I'll probably be uh, Casey, 
Like he might be, he might be seventy percent owned. I don't know. I'm still playing him. Paul guaranteed Casey, win. He should be. He's gonna win. It's a guaranteed win. And uh, Paul Casey, Hideki, and maybe Adam Scott um, with Patrick Cantlay. It just depends on how chalky they end up being. So we'll see. Mine is Casey, Kucher, and Hoffman. I'll be building around those guys, at least two of them in every lineup that I will be doing. I like it. What is your pick to win besides Paul Casey, Jesse? Uh, wait, what? You said besides Paul Casey? <laughs> <laughs> well, who finishes second? Uh, Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> what about you, Bucks? Uh, Spieth. My number one to win, but outside of Spieth, Hoffman. Yeah, I actually wrote down Casey first, not even just to, you know, not not to suck up, but I had Casey, and then other than that, I had Hoffman. Those are the two I've written down on a piece of paper. So those are the two I like. Jesse, why don't you lead us in some listener questions? Yeah, we had a few uh, few good ones this week. Uh, the first was from Bucks boy, Jason Spiegel at Speaks21. Is Justin Rose back? I will say maybe. I have no idea. It's really weird to me that he showed up on the leaderboard. What you got, Bucks? Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's back. I mean, he's been starting to play better, and he's on the verge of really breaking through. It's going to take one one solid week. So, I think he is incredibly underowned this week and represents huge value. Um, so. I think he has a shot this week, and yes, I will say he is teetering on being back. I, I think the way he looked last week, he could definitely – we know when Rose is on, he's on. He's one of the top players in the world for a reason, so it wouldn't surprise me that price tag is way too cheap. So, if you like him, play him. All right, on to the next one is Johnny Bell. No, actually, our dude Randy. Randy? Yeah, Randy Endorf. That Randy Endorf is that is that his Twitter handle? Yeah. yeah, super original. Yes, yes, yeah. love it, Randy. Coming out of the gate there with the originality. Concerns with Cantlay playing back to back. I do not. My only concern with Cantlay is is he going to be super chalk? I don't know. I don't know if I see him being too chalky this week because there's so many guys around him. But with that being said. I do not have concerns with him playing back-to-back. In fact, I think that it helps him. I think he is, he can kind of get in a groove again. He doesn't have to skip weeks. And mentally, it's I think it's easier to play a couple weeks in a row getting into that grind. So, I think it's better for him. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be just fine. He's, he's a young kid. I'm not worried about him at all. He's ready to go. Yep, I'm with you guys on that. Uh, all right, so then – Next was uh, from Johnny Bell at one Johnny Bell one. Um, who is the biggest WD risk? Pretty sure we all agree on this one. It's your favorite. Got, I don't know. Stenson. <laughs> he gone. He's gone. He's already, he, he, already he is the number one option. He's um, all right. I, I mean, I, I would personally say delay in that Yeah, you win. Yeah, I mean, I would say – I don't know. Is DeLay going to play? I don't even think he's going to play. So. I don't know. DeLay, McElroy, um, Glover potentially. McElroy's yeah, the big Glover's one that scares me. That's the play. I mean, he did shoot 71 on 
um, Sunday, Sunday, but I don't think I'm going to touch him. He's pretty, he's pretty high up my model here. But then again, that might be a little contrarian because everybody did see him go down and it was on TV. And so who knows? But I would say, I would say you're right with Glover. I like the Glover call. Um, all right. And then uh, our dude OG John at Clem Bros. Any reason not to fire back on DJ? Uh, I mean, other than ownership, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say you got speed there, and winning back to back is incredibly rare on tour. I mean, but he's he just won, and he is the best player in the world. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to argue. It, he, I mean, the only thing I can think of is he kind of comes in disinterested and wants to go party uh, for Labor Day weekend, so he misses a cut. Yeah, something tells me he wants that. Something tells me he wants that paycheck. <laughs> he could. It's, it's a good chance. Well, the number uh, one in the playoffs. That's it. That's all I got. You guys, you guys see any other ones? It's only, it's only ones I got. That's all I saw. Nope. Oh, cool. We should be good to go. That wraps us up. Any last words, gentlemen? Uh, I would say if you're playing this week and playing more than one lineup, definitely uh, change up how you create your rosters and go stars and scrubs with a few and a few really balanced because I think I could see it going either way. And last week, stars hit, and this week, I think there's a ton of options there to stay balanced and still have a really solid lineup. Back off that, leave money on the table. There was, I think I counted up almost around about 80% last week used 49.8 or more. So everybody had, you know, basically maxed out the salary. So if you started, if you leave four, if you leave 300, you know, you're in the 20 percentile. If you leave, you know, 400, you're getting less and less and less. So the chances of being duplicated, which is half the battle in PGA DFS, which is rarely talked about, but. I mean, if you want a shot to win big money, you, the first thing you want to try to do is be different. So, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're playing some of those multiple entry, uh, like the $4, the $8.33, yeah. you definitely, like you said, have to be contrary and leave right. some money on the table most of the in time. And big GPPs. Now, if you're playing smaller ones, yes. 100 or less, it's okay to use it all. More than likely, you're not going to be duped. Um, it's going to also go more chalky in those as well. But one way or the other, um, you know, leaving money on the table, big GPPs is big key, especially in this small of a field. What do you guys typically play? Just, I mean, you guys know that I typically play two or three lineups a week and some larger GPPs, but what do you guys typically dabble in? So I'll play – go ahead, Bubba. Uh, I go in the $20 three max and then uh, – I like to throw some single entry out there, depending on the payouts and the fours and the $8. I like the $4 because of 20 max, so I'll put a handful in there. But usually my main lineups are in the three three max, $20. Lately, I've only been making three or four lineups anyways. Yeah, so I'll max out the the $20, the $20 max, the $4, 20 max, just because I like to get exposure to kind of everybody that I pick. So that's the best way for me to do it. And then I'll have one or two other main lineups, and I'll play the 333. And then I'll probably have five or six um, lineups that I just make throughout the week um, in the 33. Uh, there's a big payout in the $33 one this week. It's 21,000 people, but it pays 100,000 the first. So 
try to we're gonna try to take that down. Get it. Get it. There we go. And that should wrap us up then. Cool. Hope everybody enjoyed another edition of Always Pressing. Follow us on Twitter at Always Pressing DFS. Again, Bucks is at BP Snow Eleven. Jesse at DFS Golf Gods. But check us out. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week with a field of seventy. Good luck, everybody. Catch you guys later. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.